Welcome to Easter Season Bible Banter with Barb and Jarrett, a podcast from the Episcopal Church of St. Martin in the Fields in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. On today's podcast, we welcome our special guest, the Reverend Canon Kirk Berlinbach, Canon for Support and Growth from the Episcopal Diocese of Pennsylvania. Our scripture is for the seventh Sunday of Easter, Year A, focusing on the Epistle reading, 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 through 14, and chapter 5, verses 6 through 11. Listen in. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Bible Banter. My name is Jared Kerbel. I'm the rector of the Church of St. Martin in the Fields, and I'm here as always with... Barb Ballinger, Associate for Spiritual Formation and Care. Thanks for joining me again, Barbara. And we have a special guest. We have uh, the Reverend Canon Kirk Berlenbach from the Diocese of PA. Say uh, hi, Kirk. Hi, everyone. Hi, Jared. Hi, Barb. So good to be back with you and really excited to be uh, talking a little scripture with you today. Thanks. This is exciting. We don't always have a canon among us. So this is going to elevate our banter a bit, Jared. I don't know. You, you have met me, right, Barb? You've, you've met me before? You're just, <laughs> well, in fact... My expectations. Yeah. In fact, we've had Kirk as part of a Bible study with us for many years. There's a lot of fun memories of that. We've uh, spent time in the fields of Scripture together. So we're going to share that again today as we look at the epistle for um, Easter 7. We're looking at First Peter chapter 4. 12 through 14, 5, 6 through 11. And now we're going to read that. Barb's going to lead off, and Kirk is going to take the second part. Great. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that is taking place among you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you are sharing Christ's suffering so that you may also be glad and shout for joy when his glory is revealed. If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory, which is the spirit of God, is resting on you. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Discipline yourselves. Keep alert. Like a roaring lion, your adversary, the devil, prowls around, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, steadfast in your faith, for you know that your brothers and sisters in all the world are undergoing the same kinds of suffering. And after you have suffered for a little while, the grace, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, support, strengthen and establish you to him be the power forever and ever amen amen the word amen. Yeah. good i like when the scripture includes the amen yeah. <laughs> well let's get right into it um i was immediately grabbed by the word beloved it starts with beloved and one of the things i'm noticing at the present time is people are saying i love you more often in Zoom settings than I expected. Hmm. We're signing off with love you, I love you. Um, We're we're being more cognizant to mention love with each other. And I think that goes along with missing each other. 
I think the suffering of missing each other, being so far apart, um, brings up this longing to make sure we know each other, we know that we love each other, that that's said, right? Hmm. You know, this is a letter environment. This is a Peter or whoever wrote the letter writing letters from far away and just reaffirming love from a distance. So distance is in the epistles to begin. Hmm. So absence makes the heart grow fonder. <laughs> oh, very good. Yeah. Or at least acknowledge the fondness that maybe is there all the time, but is too distracted to be named. You know, but yeah, I agree, Jared. I think we are noticing, we're finding these times together to be very tender. And uh, that reaches that place in us, which is God's love. I, what I, what I was jumping out at me in this, which I think is a really important piece of it theologically is he calls, you know, he's not just reminding the readers of his love and care for them, but he's trying to connect them with the body of Christ, with the church as it exists around the rest of the world. Mm. Um, and I think that's a really important thing. And that may be part of, you know, we, as we see communities, when people are no longer able to connect in the ways that they're used to, we find that people find alternate ways of connecting because we need to be in community with one another. And I think that um, one of the as yet least um, least diagnosed or uh, parts of this pandemic is is the the crisis of isolation mm. that people are suffering yeah. uh, when they feel cut off from their community, cut off from one another. Um, you're weaker, you know. It makes me think of um, to to completely change it up. Uh, you know, of Harry Potter, where, you know, in, in uh, I think it's Order of the Phoenix, where he wants to, where Voldemort's trying to isolate him, trying to make him feel like he's isolated and not connected to anybody because then he's weaker and less of a threat. Oh, nice. You know, and mm -hmm. when you think about um, the body of Christ, when you think about any community, but particularly the community of faith, you know, if, if I'm suffering, but if I know I'm not alone in that, it's still it's still terrible but it's not as discouraging oh thanks thanks kirk one of the things i say most often to people in pastoral care is you are not alone mm -hmm. you are not alone in that feeling barb well yeah i i think too that this particular moment if we allow ourselves we really can be in solidarity and empathy just in a very vast way. I mean, I love this line uh, from 1 Peter that, that you're kind of referring to. Um, For you know that your brothers and sisters in all the world are undergoing the same kinds of suffering. Right. And, you know, there's a rare, it's very rare to be able to put ourselves in the place, in the homes, in the situation all across the world and imagine, I know what I'm feeling. And I can imagine it may feel somewhat like this, you know, in Europe or in Africa. What does it mean to be facing this threat together and reaching out and crying out to God together? And, and building on what Kirk said about the uh, Voldemort, Voldemort, sorry, Voldemort uh, example, we have the ravening lion, right? It's a ravening lion who's lurking and ready to, you know, dismember you, tear you apart, eat you. So that's the, that's the power that's trying to pull us apart. 
But then when in the benediction of the passage, what God's grace does is restore, support, strengthen, and establish. Restore, strengthen, support, and establish. Mm -hmm. So we know that God is different than this ravening lion that wants to destroy us. God is what is the force, the power of love that wants to knit us back together, that wants to uphold us even while we're suffering. Jared, that, that, that calling us back to the ties to, you know, the ties to community and in community, I think is essential. And I, I do, I'm intrigued. Um, and I think it's particularly prophetic for our time and our culture. Um, because I think part of what Peter is speaking to is the tendency to think that, oh, I'm suffering, I'm being persecuted, I must be special, mm. right? It's not just the tendency to be discouraged by suffering, but especially if it's suffering for the sake of faith, it's, oh, I'm, I'm elevated, right? I'm special, I'm specially chosen. And he's saying, you know, dudes, you know, dudettes, you're not. The rest of the church all around the world is going through exactly what you're going through. Right. So instead of smelling yourself, Humble yourself before Almighty God. <laughs> Humble yourself. Right. And then when you, when you take your ego out of it, then that grace that you were talking about will be bestowed and you'll be restored. Very good. Right. So, love, oh, go ahead, Barb. Yeah. I'm sorry. I love, too, that, that these almost become practices for then and practices for now. So what does it mean to kind of be a person of faith and a person that is bringing hope and love into this pandemic? What does it require? It does require a certain amount of humility. It requires, you know, sacrificing, humbling, uh, social distancing so that others will be safer. There's a humility there. This is a time of anxiety and a practice is to name that anxiety and to give it to God, to know that it's shared. A sense of discipline of where we go and masks we wear um, and a sense of staying alert. I mean, these are all, these are all practices of care that we can practice right now in this pandemic time that the author of First Peter was very well aware well of in the crisis of his moment. That's great, um, Barb and Kirk. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting, like you say, that that word humility, humble yourself, is so strong because there is a spiritual temptation to be um, an egotistical martyr, right? It's like, yeah. I suffer so much for Christ. <laughs> you know, which is something that Jesus actually didn't do when he was suffering, you know, <laughs> you know, just call attention to myself for my suffering kind of piece is, right. is a spiritual danger that uh, the author has noticed while still calling them to share in the suffering of Christ, which is very different than suffering in general. So we're talking yeah. about the suffering of faithful witness to God. We're not talking about the suffering of illness in general. We're talking about the suffering of faithful witness to God, which brings um, the forces that oppose God down on you and causes suffering. I think this is a very important distinction. So it's not a passage that should bring up the question of theodicy, you know, the question of why does God allow suffering? Mm -hmm. Although we could add, I could say something about that. <laughs> <laughs> 
so I will. <laughs> <laughs> please, please do go on, Jared. It's going to come up because we've just read this passage full of conversation about suffering in a time when people are experiencing suffering. So it's on their mind. Their mind is going there. And one of the great theological questions is why does God allow it? Why did God create a world to, that has suffering in it? And one of my flippant answers is, if you could do a better job, go for it. Um, <laughs> and my other answer is, um, came from a wonderful book that I've read recently, which is um, where she, ma she makes a distinction between the power of God and the policy of God. Hmm. So God has all the power. God is all powerful. This is not a false statement. However, God has chosen very clearly how God is going to express that power and use that power and bind that power in things like covenants and agreements with actual people and in the incarnation of a son and in the cross. So the policy of God's use of power tells us something very different about what God wants for us. God wants us to be participants in the coming to be of the kingdom, and God wants us to have freedom in that to a limited degree as we are small beings. So, And that's going to involve some suffering and some crisis and some worry. God is not going to be controlling everything and refuses to control everything, because otherwise God does not create partners in God's work. God creates puppets. So um, I thought this was an interesting way to look at it because we can relate it, right? The U.S. has a lot of power. We have a gigantic military, but we have a policy that at its best restrains it. Same with God. God has the power, but God has a policy as well. I, I thought I'd put that out there because I know this is a common question and I, it, it's a longer discussion, but I want to offer it. Well, and I, I think, too, that there's a, a very real suffering that comes uh, between the choice to love or not to love. I mean, there, there are so many choices about how we are going to be in relationship with God because of the covenant nature of God's relationship with us. And the choice not to love creates an immense amount of pain that comes out of the freedom to choose to love or not to love, right? So I feel that... Um, you can really feel some of that pain in this pandemic as well. Whereas where there are so many choices to love and to care and to reach out and to be wise that are not being made. And the pain of that, the pain of standing and knowing that people are suffering needlessly or that there is selfishness that's preventing people from having what they want. As a Christian to stand up against that, you may get blowback. You may get it from your family, you may get it from your neighbors, you may get it, you know, in, in the grocery store line. And the pain of that and not being able to just make the world the way we want it at this time, I know that's the pain that, and some of the suffering that I'm experiencing as a Christian right now. Thanks, Barb. That's right on target. I think God calls us to participate in the love of Christ, and that will be a sacrificial love to some extent. That will be a mm -hmm. suffering love. You just can't love and not suffer. I don't, one of the things I don't buy in some religious speech is that we are 
called to be somehow impassive, mm. uh, somehow unresponsive, like a, a more stoic approach, right? Well, we're going to be shielded from the cares of this world. That, that does not align with the witness of Jesus Christ. Let's just put it that way. No, I, I, think, I think you're right. It, you know, it's been said that um, the, the, the antithesis um, of love is not hate, but indifference. Mm. And uh, I think you're, you're, you're onto something there that, you know, that when we love, you know, which is at the core of what it is to live as a Christian, right? Especially to love unconditionally and to expand that circle of love beyond our human nature of our family and our friends, but to extend that beyond and to dare to love others, especially those who are different. Um, boy, that's going to cause pain and heartache. And we're opening ourselves up to a world of hurt there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Kirk. Yeah, we're going to bring this home now and wrap up. We always try to have a little take home here at the end. And one of the things the conversation has put on my heart is can we use this time to renew our commitment to community? Can we use this um, aching we have in ourselves for community and say to ourselves, my goodness, community is so important to me. When we come out of this, I'm going to be more committed to the practices that build it, uh, the practices that sustain it. That's something that's on my mind. What do you guys think? Hmm. Well, I'm thinking that um, in many ways, as people are talking about the joy and the hope that they're getting from being community at this time, it almost is as though God's glory is being revealed at this painful moment. That if we're talking about, insofar as you are sharing Christ's sufferings, you may also be glad and shout for joy when his glory is revealed. There are things to shout for joy about at this time. And I'd say it's God's glory to be in this loving community. That's great. Was it the glory of God as a human soul, a fully, um, what's the last word? Fully alive. Fully alive. Yeah. yeah. Mm. You know, something that I think that our takeaway around that community can be is actually expressed in, in one of the prayers at the end of the Compline service. Um, and grant that we may never forget that our common life depends upon each other's toil. Mm. And boy, you know, haven't we become aware uh, in this time? Mm. of the fragility of the food chain and supply chain and of our medical care and of how many things are going on that we just didn't weren't aware of to give a thought to and wow. if we need we need to hold on to that awareness moving forward to make to help to build more just communities and and a more just nation wow thanks kurt that's awesome what a great use of that prayer i love that prayer um want to use it more and more well, thank you all very much for joining us for Bible Banter. I also want to recommend that our bishop is doing a Bible study on Wednesday nights, I believe. Is that on um, Zoom, uh, Kurt? It, it is. You, there's a, the, you can go to the diocesan uh, Facebook page or website to find information. You do need to register for it uh, each week, um, but it is not something where if you missed one, you can't do it. Please, you can drop in, drop out. If you only do one, do one but you need to register for it in advance. Thanks, Kirk. Um, he's doing the, the, the Book of Acts, which I think is both really appropriate because it's what we're doing in our scriptures after Easter and into Pentecost. 
and I think it has everything to do with the body of Christ um, putting itself out there in a world in need. So it's very exciting that he's doing that. I want to thank uh, the Reverend Canon Kirk Berlinback for joining us. Thank you, Kirk. So awesome to be with you as always. And always great to be with you, Barb. Thank you so much for all your wonderful insights. Thanks for joining us for Bible Banter from the uh, Church of St. Martin in the Fields. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Episcopal Church of St. Martin in the Fields in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, review it, or share it with a friend. This episode was hosted by the Reverend Jarrett Kerbel and the Reverend Barbara Ballinger. It was edited by me, Natalie Hill. Our music is Sunday Drive by Silent Partner from the YouTube Audio Library. Thank you to this week's guest, the Reverend Canon Kirk Berlinbach, Canon for support and growth for the Episcopal Diocese of Pennsylvania. You can learn more about Canon Berlinbach and the Diocese of Pennsylvania at www.diopa.org. You are welcome to join us for worship online, both Sunday mornings and weekdays. Find the full schedule on our website at www.stmartinec.org forward slash worship. To learn more about the ministries and activities at St. Martin's, including biblical studies, Wellspring spiritual formation programs, and volunteer opportunities during COVID-19, please visit stmartinec.org. We'll be back again next week.